This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. We read read your column in the, from the Atlantic that that you know these same people are people that were hounding me uh, in in '99 to vote against uh, Bill Clinton on all four articles of impeachment. Right. So I said, well, we probably need to listen to the evidence first. They freaked out. Yeah. And said said the man is not fit morally to be there. America's in decline. It's the end of our repo- constitutional republic because he's immoral. So let me just say, of course, this has all changed. I don't have to name, you know, the payoffs to the porn stars and all the other things that they're just turning a blind eye to. It's accepted. I mean, you say in your column, the majority of Trump enablers still know right from wrong. But let me ask you something. It's our tribe. Right. So if Donald Trump has a disorder, if he's a sociopath, what went so horribly wrong with our tribe, whether we're talking about mm-hmm. Repo- our Republican tribe, our conservative tribe or our evangelical tribe? Why weren't there more Tim Kellers out there? Why weren't there more Pete Wainers out there? Why weren't there more Russell Moores out there? Yeah, and, and Joe Scarborough's and, and, and others. Look, it's a question that I've wrestled with for a long time. Uh, w- one way I think about it is how many of these dark impulses existed pre-Trump in the Republican Party that I wasn't as alert to as I should have been. Uh, you know, if you go back over my writings, I called the Republicans out now and then. Looking back, I probably didn't do it nearly um, enough. Apart from that, what's gone on is the uh, y- you had a situation in which I think there were deep feelings of grievance and resentments that Trump tapped into. And you saw this psychological accommodation because once they threw their hat over the wall in 2016 when he got the nomination, it was one thing after another after another. And if you study human psychology, the capacity of human beings to rationalize and justify what they do in order to, to mitigate what's called cognitive dissonance, that is a sense that your values are at odds with what you've stated, is enormous. I think there was power, longing for power because he was president. I think there was fear of the base. I think there was cowardice. I think there was a hollow moral core and this sort of self, self-deception. But it is an unbelievably puzzling thing, I think, particularly for people like you and I, Joe, and, and others who are Republicans. It's probably why we've had the energy that we do on this issue, because this is a party we belong to. And to see what it's doing, the kind of wrecking ball, a civic wrecking ball, a political wrecking ball, a moral wrecking ball, uh, it's disturbing for anybody, but particularly from, from people uh, who, were, who were formerly associated with the Republican Party. They should have well, seen I, this. I, it was obvious yeah. that this guy was going to be what he was turned out to be. And Pete, I would guess for you, people that grew up in the evangelical church, you listened to Tim Keller, some of the last things he said. Tim, Tim said, you know, being an evangelical used to mean... You turned your back on sort of the Pentecostal approach 
uh, sort of this, this, this build the wall around your yep. church. And the idea of evangelicals, and I saw it growing up. I saw it growing up was yeah. to throw the door wide open, look outward and try to figure out how to connect, how to make difference in your community, how to be there for people who were hurting and people that were in need being good Samaritans. That's what they taught us, at least every Sunday. Of course, we all fell short of the mark. I fall short of the mark still all the time. But that was the idea. But Tim, one of the last things Tim said was, the, the word evangelical, it's become associated with politics instead of faith. They've yeah. not only, these Trumpers have not only taken over and twisted and distorted the Republican Party, they've done it to conservatism and they've done it to evangelicalism. Yeah, I, I would just say as a person of the Christian faith, that's been the most personally painful thing to me uh, to see uh, not just the damage to the country, but to the damage to the faith, which I think is almost uh, incalculable. I think what's been revealed, among other things, Joe, is that faith turned out to be subordinate, secondary to certain core identities, whether they were partisan and political or cultural or socioeconomic or psychological. And what happened is a lot of people had a certain preconceptions. They, they started at a point and they used the scriptures to justify where they were. You know, Shakespeare said, devil can quote scripture for his own purposes, and in fact did uh, in, in, in the second temptation. And I think we're seeing that happen. And look, you have in Donald Trump, the person who probably most embodies the antithesis of the Sermon on the Mount, the person of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus. And this guy is a rock star and has been for year after year. Now, you could have made an argument in 2016 that they didn't know what he was dealing with, but not as the years unfolded. And by the time we got to 2020, it was so obvious what he was. And yet they stayed. Yeah. And it's a tremendous indictment of them. And it raises really deep issues. I know Tim was a close friend of mine. We talked a lot about this. And it really raises a lot of questions about the evangelical movement and what's happened, what went wrong and what can be done to get it right I mean, you, you you go through the beatitudes and that's my challenge always my challenge to to those who talk about this they go through every single beatitude in the sermon on the mount every single yeah. one blessed are the merciful blessed are the meek yeah. blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness blessed are the i mean i can go blessed are the merciful those be shown mercy i can go through them all he is literally the antithesis of every single one. Blessed is MAGA, for they shall save this republic. Um, they're, com they're coming right there. You're indicted. Uh, evangelical Christians, traditional Catholics, as I've told you, you're the problem. Right? You're the problem. Because you're the support function for Trump. You're the problem. You're indicted. What you've by, by and I want to remind you, this is by the crowd that stood by and let the country get in this situation, get in this shape. Do you think that this, as we had Brandon Showalter and others on last evening show, do you think this just all appeared out of nowhere? This was all done. Uh, was a dryer, um, Scarborough, that entire crowd, the the Bush. Factotums, the Bush apparatus, the controlled opposition. The controlled opposition allowed the mar atheistic Marxist um, 
elite culture. Well, remember, it has not, nothing to do with economics. They're going to keep all the cash, right? They're going to keep all the capital, just like the Chinese Communist Party does, which we're going to get into in a moment, because that's their role model. Uh, but they're going to have struggle sessions with you, destroy the nuclear family, turn your children against you. Where were these big talkers? Where, where are these guys during that? All the stuff that's, that's come up, the cultural, the social, the loss of sovereignty, the... Um, the um, sending your sons and daughters to foreign battlefields to die just for the extension of the American empire. Where, where were those guys then? No, 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 no. But Donald Trump stands athwart the Sermon on the Mount. Well, I would refer, uh, was it, we're going to call him Pastor Scarborough now, Pastor Scarborough. Um, he ought to read the gospel according to Mark with a Jesus as exorcist to drive out the evil ones, right? The, the, the gospel they don't teach anymore in, um, in theology schools because it's a Jesus, a Christ that comes back or comes to drive out the devil, right? How about this? MAGA, blessed is MAGA. For it will save this republic. Suck on that, Joe Scarborough, in Atlantic Magazine. Uh, we've got a lot going on today, and we're going to get to it. It's Tuesday, 20 June, in the year of our Lord, 2023, in the uh, project to save this republic and, and turn it around and make sure it is a force for prosperity and good that the new Jerusalem and this promised land um, we get it sorted and get it in the right direction. Because right now the, um, the apparatus and the people who control the apparatus are bound and determined not to do it. I was going to start with Tony Blinken's because we've got to get into China and Ukraine and what's happening there because they're setting the framework here for um, what they want as a new global order where the, the, the United States of America kowtows, kowtows to the CCP after taking over their business models, kowtows to the CCP, um, and at the same time, Make sure that you're pouring billions of dollars, tens of billions of dollars, hundreds of billions of dollars into this fiasco in, uh, in Ukraine, uh, which is just killing more Ukrainian civilians and Ukrainian military. Okay? Um, I want to bring it. We got a bunch. We got uh, uh, Senator Josh Hawley is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. I want to start with uh, Dr. Bradley Thayer. And, and I don't want I can't play the cold open because I'm kind of pressed for time. I had a whole thing of Blinken and Biden saying what a great job Blinken's doing. And we were going to play the uh, um, the um, Neville Chamberlain at Munich. Maybe that's a little too on the nose. But, hey, you're in the war room. Um, Dr. Bradley Thayer, I'll start with you. And then I've got Ben Harnwell with us. I think Frank Gaffney's going to try to join us this morning. Uh, we've got and, and just just so we set it up before we pivot to China. The reason they're coming in, remember, the, the, um, the left, the Marxist left, the, the atheistic Marxist left, which will try to now clothe itself into, into religion because they understand traditional Catholics and evangelical Christians are one of the backbones of this movement, that um, it is the Faith and Freedom Conferences this week, Ralph Reed's group is in D.C., President Trump will address that. You've got the one-year anniversary of the Dobbs decision. There's a huge um, uh, commemoration, celebration of that on, um, 
on Saturday. So you've got a lot of this. You've got uh, many of the evangelicals and faith-based are coming to D.C., and they're going to be participating in this. Tonight, The Sounds of Freedom, the movie, uh, premieres here in Washington, D.C. Jim Caviezel right now, as we schedule, it's all subject to how these, uh, you know, to get the celebrities around D.C. where they're meeting with all the the the, uh, the high muckety-mucks. Uh, Jim Caviezel is going to join us right now. We are scheduled for an hour with Jim in the 6 o'clock show. So you got the Sound of Freedom. You've got the, the Faith and uh, Freedom um, conference with Ralph Reed. You've got uh, the one-year anniversary of Dobbs. That's what they're, they're now going to pile in for uh, Trump is the Antichrist. Trump's the Antichrist. He's opposed to every one of the of the tenets uh, of the Sermon on the Mount, right? So he's the Antichrist. Trump is Antichrist. So this week we're going to go through Trump is Antichrist. So we'll make sure we deconstruct that for you and, and to make sure that you have a full understanding as you think it through that you're actually on the side of the angels, okay? You're on the side of the angels uh, and, not, uh, with the, um, and not with the evil ones. As they remember, Joe Scarborough and this crowd and that guy—they're the ones that—they're the ones to support uh, this group of guys with beards dressed up as nuns <clears throat> that are there to uh, mock the family, to mock the crucifixion of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to mock American traditions, to mock American values. Joe Scarborough and his and his wingman there every day are supporting what they're doing in the schools to your children, and here's who's revolting against it. And are not going to the Armenian dads, right? That we're going to uh, we're trying to get on here in the next couple of days. The uh, the five thousand folks that showed up to protest the desecrators that were there to protest the desecrators was a eighty or ninety percent Hispanic crowd, and fifty percent of them were men, Hispanic men. That's who's standing up to this. And right now, it's kind of just coming together, and it's a little bit ill-formed, but it's self-organizing. That's fine. It's powerful. It's more powerful to be self-organizing. So we're going to get to all that, and we're going to chop a lot of wood on that this week to make sure you understand as they, as they now present that Trump's the Antichrist, and because you support Trump, or you're a populist, or you're a populist nationalist, and you are here to defend the sovereignty of this nation, the New Jerusalem, that you, in fact, are... Uh, you're one of the, you're the problem, that you are the problem. Your faith is the problem. What you believe is the problem. What your core values are, you're the problem. You, 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 you're the problem. You know why they say that? Because they understand you have power and they have to destroy that and take it from you. Next in the war room. Well, Congress once again allowed itself to be pushed into appeasing the administration and raising the debt ceiling for the 79th time, paving the way for continued reckless spending and further devaluation of the U.S. dollar. As our national debt continues to skyrocket, how are you protecting your savings? Times like these are a great reminder to diversify a portion of your savings into gold. And you can do that with the help of Birch Gold. Here's the easiest way to do it. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. As BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa band together against the dollar, more and more central banks are diversifying. You know what they're buying, gold. Follow their lead. 
text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 for your free info kit on gold. There's no obligation, just information. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers, Birch Gold can help protect your savings, too. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. Do it today. Follow the central banks of the BRICS. Take action, 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 and take that action today. Host Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, Philip. Talk to me about the inflation. Talk to me about why the BRICS nations, remember, these people are being rational. We are forcing this upon them. We're forcing this upon them because of the irresponsibility, the financial and economic irresponsibility of the uniparty, Wall Street, the elites in our nation, sir. It's absolutely correct, right? It's it. We have mishandled almost every situation. This administration is an abomination, quite frankly. So to touch upon the inflation quickly, just to give the update. So Bureau of Labor Statistics came out last week, headline inflation 4% year over year. The problem with that core inflation, or as I call it, sticky inflation, 5.3% year-over-year rise. So it's the same thing we've been talking about for a while. The only meaningful reduction we're seeing in inflation is coming from energy prices, down almost 12%. Everything else, volatile food, up over 6%. Everything else we spend our money on is basically either holding firm or increasing. Now, the reality is energy prices cannot fall forever, right? They skyrocketed. We're seeing a decline, but inflation is not handled by the Federal Reserve. Essentially, core inflation is the same as it was 18 months ago and hasn't even budged in the last seven months. The Federal Reserve try and dress this up. We're handling the problem. Headline inflation's coming down, but they're bypassing the issue, and it really isn't, right? The core inflation is two and a half times the Federal Reserve's target. Now, to quote Federal uh, Federal Reserve Chairman Powell, he said, without price stability, the economy just doesn't work for anyone. And he's exactly correct. It makes it impossible for people to plan for the future. That's true for us as individuals. But like I said, it's also true for central governments around the world. The Federal Reserve are stuck between a rock and a hard place right now. They don't know what to do, right? They want to raise interest rates, but they can't right now. So the Federal Reserve decided for the first time in 10 consecutive meetings to keep the federal funds rate the same, but it wasn't a pivot, right? They're not suggesting that we have a handle on inflation. They said in the same meeting, we still have a long way to go, right? So some are calling calling this a hawkish pause, which I think at best is what it is. It's not a pivot, certainly, because the Fed are predicting... Uh, Uh, two more interest rate hikes by the end of this year. So essentially, we're stuck between a rock and a hard place. They want to combat the inflation problem, but they can't do it because if they raise the interest rates, it's going to put a squeeze on the banks, right? Right now, there's still $600 billion in unrealized losses across the banks. So the Fed right now have their hands tied behind their back, and it's just a tough situation. But here's the reality we got to stop taking the Federal Reserve's predictions so seriously, right? Two years ago, they predicted by the end of this year, the interest rate would be at 0.6%. By the way, two years ago, inflation was at 5.4%. 
So we've just got to understand the Fed have consistently underestimated inflation. They've stayed behind this, the, the curve. This has been a reactive Fed, not a proactive Fed. And they've got just a terrible record of forecasting even their own decisions. So for me, it's a very, very tough situation. The Fed right now, quantitative easing with the one hand, quantitative tightening with the other, and we're going nowhere. And this is all being driven by an administration that just don't have a clue what they're doing. They're forcing massive spending packages down our throat at a time when the nation can't afford it. We all know how this ends. But it's now a time to put a stop to the spending because uh, I don't think the Federal Reserve can get us out of this. Here's what, this is classic stagflation. You have core inflation over 5%. You have yep. economic growth as projected by currently and also as projected by both the World Bank, the IMF, the leading banks on Wall Street of about 1.1%. Very low growth. Falling tax revenues because under your tax structure, you're just going to get lower. Exactly right. And remember, ladies and they've juiced this baby. They juice this baby with $9 trillion off the books on, on the side of, uh, of all this additional spending. Now that we're coming in as the deficit hawks and the debt hawks and guys say we got to stop this, they've already, they've already primed the pump as much as the Keynesians can. They're going to be coming back and saying, oh, no, you guys are terrible because you want this. It, we're in a conundrum. And this is why, remember, every person, I don't care if they're from a third world country, they all have brilliant they sent brilliant people to Harvard. They all can Sorry, work to HB12C. They're, they're, they're doing the discounted cash flows, and they're saying, hey, how about this? How about we keep, since you're, since you're doing a devaluation on us, 15% decline in purchasing power in two years or in 18 months. How about this? How about this, Western elites? Suck on this. How about we start charging you higher prices for our commodities, and we're going to go to an alternative basket of currencies, and maybe we back it. We'll, we'll trust what the hedge has been for 5,000 years will do gold, and let's see who's standing at the end of the day. This is a continuation of Western arrogance. The elites, Davos, the city of London, Wall Street, sit there, you think it can ram it down everybody's throat, and I'm telling you, somebody's got to wake up and say, hey, the world is not, Biden's run his business plan up the flagpole and nobody's saluted. Philip Patrick. Uh, you're absolutely spot on. Look, if there's one thing that's clear, we need a change in leadership and we need it now because you said it right. They are sensing the weakness of the West. They think of us as fat and oversaturated and they are making moves now. I think Biden forced the hand. Listen, to upset the world order, to change the global reserve currency, it involves hardship for, for these nations as well. We forced their hands. We alerted China and we put our ourselves in an impossible situation. The Fed are trying desperately to combat it. But like I said, it's it's a it's a very difficult task. There was a quote from Harry Truman years ago, and he said, you know, what I desperately need is a one-handed economist. And it's sort of ringing very true today. But it, let's no, make no mistake. It's this administration have escalated this timeline. At some point, we were going to lose global reserve currency, right? It's the nature of it. It always circles in history. We have brought that timeline forward. It is under threat. And we yeah. now need something dramatic to change this if we can yeah 
Well, we got to change our spending. We're going to lose global reserve currency as for the dollar. We get, we're going to have to change our spending. Uh, Philip, how do people get to you over at Birch Gold? So I know the audience is going to want to say, hey, if they're going to these gold-backed securities and buying gold at record amounts, maybe I ought to, maybe I ought to read some of the free information kits you guys are putting out. Now's the time. And by the way, we did the dollar. We did the death of the prime reserve currency, the end of the global dollar empire. We started two years ago in this thing. We got the fourth installment coming up. But make sure you get the first three for free where they go philip so it's really easy by the way i say to people all the time you can take everything i say with a pinch of salt if central governments around the world are buying more gold than any year in history it means more than anything i have to say so it's very simple to get information and information is key birchgold.com slash bannon again birchgold.com dot com forward slash bannon that's going to give them access to a free information kit information is key uh, and you can reach me directly at philip patrick on getter but for free information birchgold.com slash bannon amazing work philip thank you very much appreciate it thank you as always steve Okay, people sitting there go, well, they're just a bunch of third world countries. They're in Russia. That's kind of the non-aligned movement from the 60s or 70s. Here's one of the problems. We have many aspects and attributes of a third world country. Uh, Dave Walsh, the grid. It's very hot down in Texas. Tell, tell us uh, that people are panicking now. Is the grid going to be able to withstand it? And how did we get in this situation, Dave Walsh? Well, uh, the Texas Public Utility Commission Chairman Pete Lake was indicating as late, late May that Texas no longer has enough dispatchable generation to meet demand of the ERCOT system. So it's now going to have to rely on wind and, and a little bit of solar to make up the delta in the worst times. Peak demand this year is going to be 82.7 thousand megawatts. Last summer it was 80. Now, why is it up so much? Well, of course, it's going to be warm. It's warm now. That's very normal for this time of year. But one of the things that's happened is 4 million additional people have come into Texas in the last 26 months, a 13.5% population rise, which would call for about 11,500 megawatts of new generation. That's when you admit more people walking across the Rio Grande, you need more infrastructure. Electricity is one of the things you need a lot more infrastructure for, for the Delta 4 million people just arriving from that, from that set of issues. So we're looking at uh, reserve margins in the first place were low uh, as anywhere in the country at 8.6 to 10%. Now, with this population boom and the normal summer heat, we're looking at service curtailments and brownouts, according to the PUC chairman uh, and ERCOT's peak load not being able to be met from time to time this summer. They're forecasting it. Now, at the macro level nationally, the uh, FERC commissioner, Mark Phillips, indicated in a May hearing before the Senate uh, Committee on Energy that the U.S. is headed for a catastrophic situation in respect to reliability. So this problem is not unique to Texas. And he further states that, of course, this is this has happened. Same reason we've said in this forum, the premature close down of baseload energy sources being coal, nuclear and some gas and not being displaced with anything but part time intermittent solar and wind are resulting in this catastrophic situation of not enough electricity in the system nationally to meet peak demand in the summer. So, no, this is it's a Texas issue very pointedly now. And it's a national issue. Texas did pass some uh, legislation to get very diluted in the end. They wanted to have a capacity payment structure to incentivize more gas-fired baseload plant building. They've stretched it out to 2029, a 10,000 megawatt incentive of higher 
bonuses being paid to generators who are online within four hours notice and a interest rate cap. They're going to subsidize some plant build cost with a 3% interest rate cap, but it's pretty diluted versus what they're originally talking about. It goes out to 2029, so it's not going to result in anything for the next two or three years. To augment the hey, Texas Dave, hang on for one second. I've got a bunch of questions about Texas, then want to broaden out to the catastrophic situation nationally. Remember, full energy, full spectrum energy dominance is the basis and foundation of the Trump economic miracle that we saw that occurred in 2019. Full spectrum energy dominance, not independence, dominance. We've taken the reverse tack over the last couple of years, and we're about to pay the piper in the summer of 2023. Dave Walsh joins us on the other side. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CCP. Here's something most Americans have not heard about. The USDA recently revealed that fully one-third of the crops planted last season won't be harvested this season. Thanks to severe droughts and fertilizer shortages, the crops did not stand a chance. What does this mean? Food shortages and higher grocery prices ahead. That's why now is the time to stock up on emergency food from MyPatriotSupply.com, the nation's largest preparedness company. To help you prepare for what's coming, they're offering a new lower price on their popular four-week emergency food kit. This kit will give you peace of mind when the food shortages hit, as surely they will. It has breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, snacks, over 2,000 calories a day to help keep you going strong. And it's delicious. Your whole family will love it. Best of all, it costs less than $3 a meal. You'll laugh at grocery store prices when you have this kit. To get this special low price, go to MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. You get free shipping, so don't delay. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Action, action, action. Host Stephen K. Bannon. Madam President. Senator from Missouri is recognized. Madam President, in the last 20 years in the state of Missouri, oh, I'm sorry, I, I call it my Please. amendment, number 93, and I ask that it be reported by number. Start with that. Clerk will report. Senator from Missouri, Mr. Hawley proposes an amendment number 93. Madam President, in the last 20 years in the state of Missouri, we have lost 60,000 jobs to the People's Republic of China. That number nationwide is almost 4 million. Our trade deficit with China as we stand here tonight is at near record levels. And every dollar of that deficit represents blue-collar jobs destroyed, industry shuttered, manufacturing capacity withering away. I'd submit to you that it is the most important deficit that we face. And we can talk about budget reforms and we can talk about savings here and there, but until we do the work of bringing back productive capacity to this nation and good paying blue collar jobs you can raise a family on, we will not put our economy on the basis that we need to address the economic challenges that we face. So my amendment does something very simple. It imposes across-the-board tariffs on China for every year in which we have a trade deficit until that deficit is zero. Bring back jobs to this Senator's country. Senator's time has expired. 
The Financial Times of London, the lead story today, uh, she hails progress after Blinken talks as U.S. and China attempt to mend ties. We just talked about that in the first uh, half hour of the show. I want to bring in now Senator Josh Hawley. Senator Hawley, uh, you're taking a quite serious approach to this. Walk us through your assessment of uh, Blinken's kowtow to the uh, Chinese Communist Party over the last 72 hours, sir. Well, as near as I can tell, Tony Blinken's whole objective was to go and just go ahead and kick off the Chinese century. I mean, he just basically said, America's done. It's all going to be China. What can we do for you? What would you like? You know, do you want a listening post in Cuba? Here you go. You want Taiwan? Go ahead. You want the rest of our jobs? Just take them. I mean, that basically was the tenor of the meeting. And then Joe Biden says, oh, it was a great deal. It was a great meeting. It was a terrible meeting. It was a total groveling embarrassment. We've got to get serious about getting tough on China. And we can start with the trade deficit. Why are we financing their military? Because that's what's going on. They're building their military on the backs of our middle class. Every dollar of that trade deficit represents our financing of their security state and their imperialism. So let's get that down to zero. That's what Blinken should have said. He should have said, we're not going to let you have any more jobs. And we're not going to let you have any more of our cash. We're going to get our trade deficit down to zero. We're not going to finance you anymore, and we're going to get serious. But he did just the opposite. Senator, we talk about 60,000 good-paying jobs in Missouri. You talk about 4 million overall. Do the folks in Missouri, do, do, the working class and middle class, kind of the backbone of this country in, in a state of patriots like Missouri, do they understand what's at stake here uh, with this kind of undeclared war that the Chinese Communist Party has against America and the American people, sir? Yes, they do. Yeah, they really do, Steve. I mean, you, you can go talk to them, ask them who's the number one threat, China. Ask them who they think is, is the, the focus of evil. You know, to borrow Reagan's old phrase, who's the focus of evil in the modern world? Right now, it's the communist regime in China. And they know they're taking our jobs. I mean, people, working people all across the country, not just in Missouri, but I know Missouri best. And working people know they're taking our jobs. They're ripping us off on trade. They're stealing us blind. They know that and they're tired of administration after administration, you know, reaching back to the Clintons and then the Bushes, and now Biden uh, being soft on China, rolling out the red carpet for China, and making China rich while America gets poor. Why, why would we want to do that? We need to be doing the opposite. Senator, you've gone to some of the finest schools in our nation, and now you're a senator, a very young senator here in the nation's capital. Why is it that our institutions, and because your amendment was voted down, what doesn't this capital in the, in the elites in this country get that the working class folks in Missouri do about our existential threat of the Chinese Communist Party, sir? Well, the elites are totally insulated, Steve, because they can buy their way out of this economic pain. They're not the ones who've lost their jobs. You know, I mean, China, China's been great for Wall Street. Let's tell the truth. I mean, there's a reason that the fat cats on Wall Street and there's a reason that big pharma and the big multinational corporations, they love all of this China stuff. They love cheap labor in China, right? These are the same people who have shipped our jobs over to China. They would rather pay slave wages in China, let's be honest, slave wages in China than pay good, upstanding American workers an honest wage. So they love this arrangement. They're all for it. They benefit from it. And while the rest of America gets poor and loses their jobs and loses their families and loses their communities and gets addicted to opioids, then the elites say, oh, it's so, so too bad. I mean, those poor people in middle America, they just don't have any moral fiber. You know, what a bunch of BS. It is the people on the coast, the elites, the rich people who have had a great deal with China, 
who are ripping off and scamming the rest of the country. And this has got to stop. It is time to make the heartland of this country strong again. And we've got to stand up to China to do it. Uh, let's go. I'm going to play a clip. The Coastal Elites, the Atlantic uh, Magazine, and Joe Scarborough today took a direct shot at the faithful, the hardworking working class and middle class in Missouri that are faith-based. Let's play this. I would like your response. Let's play the clip. And that's my challenge, always my challenge to, to those who talk about this. They go through every single beatitude in the Sermon on the Mount, every single yeah. one. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the meek. Yeah. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the, I mean, I can go, blessed are the merciful, those be shown mercy. I can go through them all. He is literally the antithesis of every single one. They tie it in a few minutes. We don't have time to play the whole thing. They tie it back to Trump's supporters, that the, the MAGA movement, America first, the working class in this nation, the populist nationalist movement is, is the problem. And, and particularly the evangelical and traditional Catholic, it ties back directly to, I think, the lessons of your book, uh, Manhood, the Masculine Virtues, America Needs. And I think it, 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 it illuminates the firestorm that this book has caused by folks like at the editorial desk at Atlantic Magazine. Your thoughts, Senator Hawley? Well, you know, it's quite a lot to be lectured by the most holy reverend Joe Scarborough and, and his uh, episcopacy, his priesthood, you know, who, wanna, who first of all spent all their time denigrating faithful Christians, conservative Jews, Orthodox Catholics. You know, they normally want to hear nothing from these people. And then, then it's all about how we're not following our true faith. I mean, give me a break. I mean, I noticed the Beatitudes don't, don't say... Blessed are the idiots. You know, I mean, might it be that Christians out there decided, you know what? Donald Trump says he's actually going to stand up and put pro-life judges on the bench. Donald Trump says he's going to do something for our families by bringing jobs back from China. Maybe that was what we would call good, sound, strategic voting, you know. But, oh, no, you're supposed to do what the elites tell you to do. And if you don't, then you're not a real Christian. I mean, it's just and then these people wonder. Why is it that Christians don't want to have anything to do with them and don't listen to anything they say? This is why. I mean, my gosh, it's just the, the sanctimony here is unbelievable, Steve. But let's get back to your point, which is that the working people of this country, they've had enough. They know what their true interests are, and they've had enough of, of these lectures from the elites. I don't know. The book is fabulous, and I've, I've pushed this to, to everybody I know that's a must-read I got to ask you, I don't know if in the title, if it's manhood or the subtitle, the masculine virtues that's triggered the progressive left the most. What, what are your thoughts? Because they they hate this book. I mean, hate. And they are on a jihad against you personally. Uh, Senator Hawley, your thoughts? Yeah, well, I think it's all of the above. They, they hate the whole concept of manhood and womanhood, as we know. They want to erase women. They want to erase men. These are the people who say there is no such thing as gender. You know, I mean, the, the links that they've gone to, the craziness they've gone to, they hate that part. They hate talk about virtue and character because they're opposed to all those things. They hate the, the, the book is full of talk about the Bible. They hate that for the reasons we were just talking about. They detest faith talk. They look down on, as we just saw, the clip you just saw, we, we, they look down on people of faith, especially if they're working class people. They think we're stupid. So I, uh, the whole book is a massive trigger, and I think it really lays bare the battle lines, the dividing lines in this country. Are we going to protect the working class and the faith and the values of working people in this country, or are we going to become a nation of secular, androgynous consumers? Because that's what the left wants.
You saw in uh, in Glendale, California, a week or so ago, uh, the Armenian dad standing up at this at this uh, school board meeting. That's going to happen again. We're going to have some of those guys on trying to end of the week because school board is going to meet, I think, next week. You also saw at Dodger Stadium, 5,000 folks show up to protest uh, the desecration uh, event that was taking place. 80 to 90 percent Hispanic, 50 percent of the crowd Hispanic men. What is your message to men out there? For right now, what what is Josh Hawley's call to action as we sit here in June uh, in the year of our Lord, 2023, where the nation is where it is? What's your call to action? I just say that, men, if you want to change this nation, it depends on you. You can change the destiny of your family. You can change the destiny of your neighborhood and you can change the destiny of this nation. But it's going to take you no amount of electing this or that politician or passing this or that law. Listen, we need better laws for sure. And we need better politicians, no doubt. But it's going to take you standing up for your family, standing up for your faith, standing up for your work, your job, your community. If you'll do that, if the men of this country will do that, we'll change the direction of this country. No doubt about it. But we're really we're right on it. We're down to it. It depends on the men stepping up. How can we one of the issues we hear from men we go around the nation and, and how can you provide air cover here? One of the reasons the moms have been so active in this parental rights movement and the dads now, we see the Armenian dads and what happened with the Hispanic fathers the other day. People are saying, hey, I'm afraid for my job. I'm afraid this woke culture, I will get canceled at work and I will be, I will be let go. And I got to put I get, in my rank order, I got to put food on the table. What do you say to those men and what do you say uh, for folks like yourself that are here to provide air cover for them? Well, I think your point about air cover, I mean, is is vital. And my commitment to them is I will do everything that I can to stand up for you and to fight your fight and to, and to drag this into public. You know, I mean, it's my job to drag this fight into public and make the people in the Biden administration and elsewhere who are pushing this radical anti-gender, anti-man, anti-woman agenda, make them account for it in public. So I'm going to do everything I can to keep fighting on that front. But I just say to men that this is a time to be bold. You don't have to be controversy seeking. You know, I mean, listen, it's important that you provide for your family, but I think that taking a stand when you're pushed, you got to defend your family. And part of defending your family is saying, no, I, I don't want biological men in my girl's locker room. You know, that's not safe for her. I don't want that. One other point on this, Steve, though, this gets back to the economics and you know this. Part of what the left has done in this country is one of the reasons they wanted to send blue collar jobs overseas is that the more they get rid of our critical workers, the more they get rid of those blue collar men who are the backbone of our economy, the more they can control the professional elites, right? Because the corporate types always have to answer to HR. They always have to eat the corporate line. Workers in this country have historically been independent and the left wants to kill their independence. The book is Manhood, The Masculine Virtues America Needs. Senator Josh Hawley, his second one, the first tyranny of big tech. I want to compliment Regnery and the team for having the courage to publish this book. Senator Hawley, how do people find out more about you? How do they follow you on social media? Hey, you can follow me at Holly Mo on Twitter, Josh Holly Mo on Instagram and Facebook, and you can get the book wherever books are sold, Amazon, Books A Million, you name it. The Masculine Virtues America Needs. Senator Hawley, thank you for uh, fighting the fight against the Chinese Communist Party, standing up for American workers in Missouri and throughout our great nation, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This is what it's going to take, right? In this new thing that's coming together, this is what it's going to take. People standing up for the traditional values of this country, the working class families, working class people, the middle class, 
We need people to step up to the plate now because this is a defining moment. This is that hinge of history. It's the reason this audience is so powerful. It's the reason people want access to you. They understand you're doers. You're action-oriented. You want actionable information. Okay. We continue on today. We got a lot of wood to chop. And chop it we shall in the war room next. In my younger days, I was a naval officer on a destroyer. In fact, I was the A-gang officer in charge of all the engineering systems that were not main propulsion. And one of those was air purification. And I can tell you, the standards of the United States Navy are second to none. If all home air purifiers are the same, why did the U.S. Department of Defense select EnviroCleanse to protect and purify the air on board our Navy ships. Because of Viracleanse, advanced mineral technology goes beyond ordinary HEPA filters to destroy airborne illness causing cold and flu viruses, including COVID. And Viracleanse is the new science in air purification. And now you can order one for your home. This is how you help stop colds and flus from taking your whole family down. This is how you destroy allergy and flaming toxins and mold from the air your family breathes. In fact, this hospital-grade technology is so powerful that it promises far fewer colds and allergies and better sleep. Visit ekpure.com. That's ekpure.com and use the code STEVE for 10% off your EnviroCleanse home purification unit. You also receive a free air quality monitor, plus fast, free shipping. That's $150 savings right there. That's ekpure.com, code Steve. ekpure.com, code Steve. Getter has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Hello, I'm Steve Stern, CEO of Flagshirt.com, a third-generation, veteran-owned small business. I believe that the American way of life is for all of us. I'm asking you today to visit flagshirt.com. Help keep the American dream alive. Be a flag waver. Carry a nation's heritage. Use coupon code ACTION10 for 10% off site-wide and buy a flag shirt today. Action, action, action. Okay, um, I want to bring in now... uh, and by the way, I'm going to have more to say about the Joe Scarborough situation. Uh, but I want to bring in Frank Gaffney. Frank, uh, give, I want your assessment of Tony Blinken. The Financial Times of London lead story tells me uh, hails progress. She hails progress in Blinken's ability to try to stabilize the relationship. Your thoughts, sir? Steve, I, I agree with Josh Hawley and my colleague Brad Thayer. Uh, this was a debacle. And uh, predictably so. I mean, this guy, uh, Tony Blinken, is not only uh, way, way uh, past the Peter principle uh, in terms of his competency for a job of this kind of uh, importance, but he's a controlled asset of the Chinese Communist Party on top of it. And consequently, I think what's 
been demonstrated is that we're under the Biden administration at the direction of their masters in Beijing on a trajectory that I characterize as the end of Pax Americana, kind of golden age in which, you know, our benign leadership in the world has benefited countless billions of people in favor of a post-America model in which it's all about global governance with Chinese characteristics. And just to give you a couple of examples of this, I mean, global governance is one of the terms that is much uh, in favor in Beijing at the moment, and, and Geneva, and New York, and in some quarters in Washington, too. Global stability was something that they were touting out of this uh, event at Blinken's. Uh, global health, of course, is this driving uh, agenda of the World Health Organization, a Chinese Communist Party-controlled international organization that is, as you know, Steve, seeking to um, give it the authority to tell us when we have a public health emergency of international concern and what we have to do about it. Then there's global digital IDs, which is an infrastructure that's part of that World Health Organization gambit. And then there's global taxes. I mean, it goes on and on. It's all about one world government, and that happens to be the agenda of the Chinese Communist Party. Blinken is advancing it, as is his boss, nominally, at least Joe Biden, or more to the point, I think, I call it the Obama-Biden 3.0. This has been really the game plan of Barack Obama and his minions who staff largely this administration. And when you throw on top of it the deliberate efforts they're making to end the reserve status of the dollar, which you've written about and talked about a lot, and the dismantling, let's be honest, the dismantling of our constitutional republic here at home, freedom by freedom by freedom over the side. Um, what we're looking at really is uh, a post-America environment. And, and I just have to say, nobody gave Joe Biden a mandate to undertake such a fundamental transformation. I don't think they gave Barack Obama one either, to be honest, but nonetheless, that's what they're working towards. And the question before the House at the moment is, will the cumulative effects of all of the damage that they're doing be irreversible before we can finally get Joe Biden out of office? And I'm prayerful that that's going to happen sooner than November 2024, but it has to because the country's going to be gone by no, then. We have to f- we have to fight this at every every step of the way right now in the House, every tool that we have available. Real quickly, when you say controlled asset, will you describe that uh, piece of nomenclature for our audience? Sure. It's a term that our colleague Sam Fattis has applied based on his two decades of, as an undercover asset himself, agent of the officer of the Central Intelligence Agency, recruiting and running people in foreign countries for our government. He says, in the terminology of the trade, a controlled asset describes what Joe Biden is, and it basically means they do what they're told. He said, you don't have assets that are uncontrolled. 
if they don't work for you, if they're not reliably going to do what you tell them to do when you tell them to do it, they're not your assets. They're not your, uh, you know, uh, partners in the enterprise you're about, which in our case is trying to preserve freedom in our own country, most especially. In the Chinese communist case, it's trying to take it down. And they're hard at it. And if they've got, Steve, I just keep bringing people back. You know, we've done the book, The Indictment, with your help. I keep bringing people back to this fundamental question. If as a result of all of this, and I think it's further in evidence after this meeting, all the talk about dialogue and so on notwithstanding, we're at the cusp of a shooting war with the Chinese Communist Party. It is unimaginable that we could have as the commander-in-chief of the United States military in such a moment, a guy who is working for the Chinese Communist Party, our mortal enemy. Yet that's where we are. It's, as I say, an intolerable situation. It has to be changed. Frank, how do people get to the book, and how do they get to all the great work you're putting up? Uh, the indictment book.com for the book, presentdangerchina.com for the work that uh, went into it from the Committee on the Present Danger China, securefreedom.org, our work at the Center for Security Policy, and of course, securingamerica.tv. You can find our show and uh, radio and commentaries all there. Thank you, Steve. And that have Frank, to immerse yes. yourself now in the Uh Frank, thank you very much. Honored to have you, you on here. This has to be fought at every step. It has to be fought at every step. Because this plays into the Thucydides trap. This is where they acknowledge that China is the rising power, and Blinken and these guys say that we're the declining power. If you buy into that thesis, only bad things happen. And they've bought into it hard. Okay, short break, 90 seconds. Back for the second hour of the War Room. Morning edition. Next. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. 